This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, my name is Steve. You're listening to Bible Toolbox on Cape Pulpit. I have a question for you, as I normally do. Um, did Jesus have royal expectations? Did Jesus have royal expectations? You know, um, I've um, my father was a pastor, and so I was raised in a, in a Christian home, and we always read the Bible. Um, we had times where the family would get together, and the uh, Bible would be opened, and we each got turns reading it out loud, some of our favorite passages and things like that. But there were two passages of scriptures that are very rarely read in our home and not even in a church setting either. In Matthew chapter 1, the first 17 verses, and in Luke chapter 3, 23 till about 38, those two passages of scriptures aren't paid much attention to. You know what they are? Well, in the bad old days, if you're a King James fan, we called them the Beatitudes. So, not, not the Beatitudes, the begets. So-and-so begets so-and-so and so-and-so begets so-and-so. And there's a whole list of names, right? A whole list of names. And some of these names are hard to pronounce, and some of them you don't even know who they are. But there's a list. It's a genealogy of Christ, one in Matthew and one in Luke. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was sitting there, and, and if anybody started read, reading these, and I would sit there and think, oh, please, I don't know, what the, what is this all about? Boring, boring. In fact, uh, once when I had a, a teacher who said, uh, we're going to read the whole of the New Testament this year, the whole of the New Testament. We're going to take it in chunks. Every single Sunday, we're going to read part of it. And of course, the first one was Matthew chapter 1. And we had the begets. And I'm like, oh, no, I hope the rest of the Bible isn't going to be like this. I know that some of the things in the Bible are very exciting. And if this, why do, why do I have to pay any attention to this? What, what for? What for? Well, if you look at the Beatitudes, I'm not going to, we're not going to read the whole thing because we're going to fall asleep like perhaps I did and everything. You have to understand that Matthew and Luke deal with Christ's genealogy a little bit different, okay? Both accounts are identical from the time of Abraham to David. They're the same. They read the same names all the way from Abraham to King David, right? Matthew, after, 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 after David, Matthew continues with Joseph as the ancestors, his line, and Luke concentrates on Mary and her line until both end up with the birth of Christ, with Christ, the name of Christ. So you have to think to yourself, well, why? What's that all? Is that important? Is it something we really, really need to know? Yes, because here we have something that we don't often think about, okay? When, when Christ was born, right from the time when Christ was born, and the wise men came from the east, they went to King Herod the Great, who was on the throne at that time. Now, King Herod the Great was not from the line of David. He had no claim to the throne of David. But since he was powerful and he had an army, he, was a, he originally came from the Edomites. They had changed names over the centuries and everything. King Herod had an army, and he supported some of the the, the, uh, some, some of the ambitious men who wanted to be emperor. He initially backed Mark Antony, and after Mark Antony was killed, he, he embraced Augustus. And he was given 
the area of Palestine to govern as a client king of Rome. He wasn't elected. He was not selected by high priest. He did, the Jewish people did not like him. They did not like him at all. They considered him a foreigner. He was half Jewish. He had Jewish blood from one of his lines, but he was not considered an heir to the throne of David. So these three wise men, or this party of wise men, came from the east, and they asked him, where is the king? We heard that there's a king. Now, now got to understand, King Herod wasn't a nice guy. If you read anything about the history of this man, he had two of his sons and his wife killed because he thought they were conspiring against him. Okay? Very nervous guy. So he, 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 he said to them, listen, he says, when you find this babe, when you find this infant, come back and tell me so that we can worship him together. That's in the Gospel of Matthew. You know that. Okay? You know that. And he called uh, the scribes and the chief priests, and he says, where will this babe be born? And they, they turned to Micah, Micah, I think it's Micah chapter 5, and they said, he will be born in the city of David, Bethlehem. That's where you're going to find this thing. So what did, what did King Herod do? You know and I know. He sounded his soldiers to Bethlehem and the surrounding, and the surrounding towns around Bethlehem, and he had every child, infant child, under the age of two that were male, be killed, be killed. And Matthew even quotes the Old Testament. He says, you know, Rachel in mourning, weeping for her children, under the age of two. Wow. But he did not get to kill Jesus. Joseph was warned in a dream and took his wife and Christ and moved to Africa. Yes, Christ came to Africa. But now Herod was nervous for a couple of reasons. Number one, his claim to the throne was very shaky. He was not from the house of David. If anything, he was a descendant of Esau, not Jacob. So you have to understand that King Herod was nervous because he was only propped up there by the Romans, okay, and their power, because they wanted to retain Judea as part, uh, attain Israel or Palestine as a part of their, uh, of their um, empire. So, and the other thing is the Bible speaks quite clearly of who this king should be. Instead of, uh, instead of Herod the Great. In Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 5, this is what the prophet says. Behold, the days will come, says the Lord, that I will raise up unto David a righteous branch. A king shall reign and prosper and shall ex execute judgment and justice on the earth. Wow. And the prophet Isaiah 9 verse 7 says, there will be no end to the increase of his government of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. <gasps> wow. Now, you have to understand, legally, legally, Jesus had a claim to the throne of David. He was born in the same town where David was. Okay, His father and mother were both from the line of David. Read the genealogy. It says there in Matthew and Luke, from Abraham until David, it was identical. If anyone in the, at that time, in the first century, if anyone had a claim to the throne of Jerusalem, it was Jesus himself. Ooh, 
That kind of hurts. What do you think? That kind of hurts. Now, do you think the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees knew this? Well, you have to understand, at that time, all the archives of births in, in Israel, in Palestine, were contained at the temple. They were all contained at the temple. Anyone could go in there and examine the genealogy of Jesus. Any one of them could do it. Wow. And if you think about it, maybe this, just, this, this idea of the opposition to Christ wasn't just jealousy. Maybe there was something deeper here going on as well. Wow. Maybe they saw this man not only as a threat to themselves, they, thought, they saw it as a threat to establish the throne of David again in Jerusalem. And the Romans would come and destroy them. The Romans would come and destroy them. Wow. So this idea that, you know, we, we sort of, when we read the New Testament, we have this idea that the scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees were just, it was a merely jealousy that they had. I think it ran a whole lot deeper. They continually plotted to kill him. They continually tried to belittle him, to mock him, to, to throw him off his pace. They continually did this. And the people were looking for a king at that time. The people were looking for the king at that time. The apostle Peter, when he was asked, who do, you, who do men say that I am? They say, well, you think you're Elijah, they think you're so-and-so. But he says, who do you think I am? And he says, you are the Messiah, the Christ. Messiah, the Christ. Now, you've got to understand, I don't think Peter understood that Christ's mission was not for a physical throne, to sit in Jerusalem on the throne of David. I don't think he had... I think he had that in mind, like all the other people. They wanted to make him king. When he started doing miracles and he started teaching, they looked back to the Old Testament, to David's psalms and the way he wrote, this wisdom that he had from God. And David's son Solomon, the wisest man on earth, and they saw Jesus teaching like this with authority? Wow. King? Hmm. King? You have to understand, I think there was a lot more going on than just meets the eye. I think Jesus was felt as a real threat to people who were already in power and did not want to lose it. Did not want to lose it. Wow. And I think we're just going to explore this a little bit more. This is part one called Royal Expectations. Please listen in for part number two, and we'll go into it a little bit deeper and find out some things we should know about our Lord Jesus. My name is Steve. Thank you so much for listening. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.